0: Hey listeners, Drew Humphrey here, and I want to invite you to check out the Shook But Not Shaken podcast presented to you by Highland College Ministry. This is a podcast designed primarily for college students, but all are welcome to check it out as we find some creative ways each week to remind ourselves the truth from Hebrews chapter 12, which says that although we may be shook, the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. We're going to have a little bit of a different plan for every week, so I encourage you to jump in and stay connected with us. We encourage you to stay connected to your church family throughout these unexpected days, and maybe this podcast will be a good resource for you. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Praying for you and love you, Highland. You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. In Egypt, God's people, the Israelites, were in the middle of a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. The plagues had come and there was sickness and there was anxiety. There was uncertainty about the future, about what would come next. That's a familiar narrative to us today. Sickness and disease, anxiety, uncertainty of of what will come in the days ahead. But God spoke through his spokesman, Moses, and and gave a way of of rescue, a way of of life. We're gonna tell that story this Friday for Good Friday on our online Good Friday gatherings at at noon and at eight o'clock. But from the book of Exodus, we see this story of, of God's rescue. And a part of that story was a meal that was taken, a meal of a roasted lamb and bitter herbs and unleavened bread. And the blood of that lamb was put over the doorpost of God's people. And that blood became a, a sign of spiritual protection, became a sign of, of covering, a sign of rescue. The blood Of a lamb was the way to rescue. And God's people were told to remember this event by an eating of a meal in their homes. And a part of that meal was a drinking of a cup and the eating of bread. So when Jesus took the bread and the cup on the night that he was betrayed, he was remembering that salvation story of God's Old Testament people. But not only was he remembering the Old Testament story, he was also foretelling his own story of how he would rescue his people. Paul writes about it in the book of 1 Corinthians. And so at your home, would you mind turning with me in your copy of God's Word? And let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 together, beginning in verse 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll start in Verse 23. A reminder of this Passover lamb, a reminder of this story of a meal being taken, bread being eaten, a cup being poured. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll begin in verse 23. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And then the warnings of the Lord's supper, the warnings of the seriousness of communion Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. So let a person examine himself. Let him examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak or ill and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. In this passage, there's, there's a word that's used over and over again, and it's translated differently almost every time in our English translation of the Bible. But five different times this, this Greek word is, is used as Paul is writing in this passage about communion, about the Lord's Supper. The word is sunirkomai, It's only used 18 times in the entirety of the New Testament, but it's used five times right here in this passage. So, komai is where we get the word um, synchronicity or to synchronize. It's a word of connection, it's it's a word of of moving together. So this morning as we prepare our hearts for taking communion, the question I wanna ask is what is it then that communion connects? What does communion connect? The first thing I want you to see from this passage is it connects the present to the past. Immediately, in in verse 23, we're connected to the past, the night when Christ was betrayed. So anytime we take communion together, we're not just talking about the present. We're remembering that last supper of Christ before his cross. Jesus was betrayed on Passover night as he and his disciples were were eating of this meal and also eating of this bread and drinking of this cup, they were remembering the story of God's rescue 1,500 years before in Egypt. They were tying their present to the past. In the same way today as we take communion, we're tying, tying our present to the past, the last supper of Christ. We are remembering 2,000 years ago the story of the rescue of God's people through the son Jesus. Just consider this with me. Jesus was remembering on the night that he was betrayed about a lamb that died so that God's people would live. How powerful, how emotional, how fitting. That today we also we take communion together remembering a lamb who died that we might live how powerful how emotional how fitting for us to do this today communion connects the present to the past but it also connects our souls to god look at verse 24 and verse 25 with me and when he had given thanks he he broke that bread and said this is my body which is for you. So do this in remembrance of me. Verse 25, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This is so gripping. As Jesus was putting this bread into the hands of his followers his disciples and telling them this is my body which is for you eat and as Jesus was putting that cup into the hands of his followers of his disciples telling them this is the new covenant in my blood drink don't miss this what was happening God was becoming accessible God was saying to his people I am here for you I am a God who is now accessible to his people and I will give myself that you might know me. So communion isn't just about believing in in general. It, It is about a union with God through the son, Jesus Christ. It's not some cold doctrine. It is a warm relationship that God is inviting us into. A reminder of the love of Christ for God's people. So communion should be a reminder to our hearts. It should preach to our souls that God became a man, that we could know him. How how fascinating is that? How powerful is that? But then beyond that, listen, God gave himself to us to show that he is a God who can be known. Let's not skip too quickly past that fact this morning. God made a way for our souls to know him by giving himself to us. And this is what communion reminds us of. It connects our souls to God. It also connects the individual to the community. The context here in in 1 Corinthians 11 of the church there at Corinth is simply this. That church was a mess, filled with dysfunctional people, filled with egos, filled with factions, filled with celebrated sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, if you'll just go back in your passage and you'll see this on the screen as well. Look at verse 17. We see the mess that this church is in. Paul says, but in the following instructions, I do not commend you. Because when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there's divisions among you. And I believe in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. I love that in verse 17, Paul says, when you come together, Corinth church, it's not better, it's worse. Highland, let me just say, I feel the exact opposite about you. When we come together, it's for the better and not for the worse. In the middle of this church that had so much ego and so much divisions and, and so many factions and so much dysfunction and so much mess there in, in the church of Corinth, the communion was a way for that church to come together around something that tied its heart together, the cross of Jesus Christ. What is true about Highland today? We're scattered. We are everywhere around this city, everywhere around this county, everywhere around our nation, and quite literally, everywhere around the world. But when we take communion together in a few moments, we tie our hearts together. Paul said earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 3, he'll say later in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, that he is absent in the body, and yet he is present in spirit with his people. How true it is of us today that we are absent from one another in body, but in spirit, we are together. And this is what communion does for us. It brings in all the individuals around our city and around our nation, around our world, together in spirit, as we come to the foot of the cross together. Here's the fourth thing that communion connects. I love this. Communion connects your story to the future. Look what Paul writes here in, in verse 26. He says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until He comes. And when he comes, what is he going to bring? This gives me goosebumps all over my body. When Jesus comes, what is he going to bring? He's going to bring a supper at the end of Revelation it says and the angel said to me blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb and then I heard a loud voice from the throne saying behold the dwelling place of God is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things Had passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, write these words down for they are trustworthy and true. When we get to heaven, there's gonna be a feast. There will be a supper. What will we be celebrating? No more pain. No more suffering. No more tears, no more death. So as we take communion, we are reminding ourselves of this truth. God is passionately committed to get us from here to there. Communion connects our story to our future glory in heaven. Communion connects the present to the past, our souls to God, the individual, to the community, and your story to the future.